everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Athlete Ready Global Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Saavedra. It's episode 21. We got Coach Quinn Barham. Coach Quinn is a strength conditioning coach for the Ohio State football team. And in this episode, he digs deep into the transition to becoming a collegiate strength coach from being a former Division I football player at Penn State University and just talks about all the struggles and challenges that come with it. He also gives so much great advice to strength conditioning coaches and aspiring performance professionals who are looking to get into the collegiate setting all the way from the networking, the interview process, and the role of a strength coach in recruiting potential athletes. We talk about legacy and the legacy that he wants to leave behind for his wife, newborn daughter, fellow coaches and athletes he's worked with and how his relationship with God fuels his every move. Be sure to follow him right away at Quinn Barham on IG. That's Q-U-I-N-N-B-A-R-H-A-M. Let's go. This podcast is brought to you by Athlete Ready Global, a community platform and programming software for you strength conditioning coaches and personal trainers to host your online clients that saves you a bunch of time, helps you coach more people and create more freedom. Check out athletereadyglobal.com to sign up for your free seven day trial. Now onto the episode. How you doing, man? Oh, man, I'm blessed, brother. All is well. Just got finished talking to some recruits and meeting with families and open weight room hours. It's been good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Just here in Tulum, Mexico, just kind of chilling on this Saturday. Uh, the wife and I, we woke up, made some pancakes, drank some coffee, and now we're just kind of chill out, man. There you go. That's what it's about, <laughs> man. That's what I- it's about. All right, man. I appreciate you being on, man. I've been really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, welcome to the Athlete Ready Global Podcast. Uh, for people listening today, they're going to be listening on YouTube and any other streaming services. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your current role, all those good things. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Quinn Barham, and I'm a strength and conditioning coach currently at Ohio State, working with the football program. And this is my seventh season at Ohio State. Uh, my Ninth year coaching at the collegiate level, um, but 10 years total so far. And so it's been a blessing, man. It's been an awesome journey. Uh, Grew up in Durham, North Carolina, and went to Hillside High School. Love home. Um, Actually going back there in another month, visit my family and my wife's family. So really, really love North Carolina. Um, But yeah, been at Ohio State now for seven years. Had coaching stops at North Carolina. NC State, and same thing in the football uh, role, football strength conditioning. And this has been an awesome journey. Um, undergrad was at Penn State, uh, studied kinesiology, proud graduate of Penn State, got my master's degree here at Ohio State uh, three years ago and got it in actual coaching and leadership. And um, brief career in the NFL, brief stint. I mean, literally like free agent contract, I'm with the team for maybe two months for summer workouts. And then I got cut. They need to bring in another receiver. Uh, so they cut me as an O-lineman. And so very cool and insightful experience with the NFL. 
Um, and I knew I wanted to work with athletes. I knew I wanted to work with people um, and just stay around the game. I love how the body worked. I love training the mind and, and being in strength conditioning was the way to do that. The perfect route for me. Um, even beforehand, you know, I, I wanted to be a celebrity personal trainer. So I wanted to like follow and travel with Denzel Washington or the rock or Will Smith or somebody and, and, and train them as they prepare for different roles. And so, uh, did internships in college, um, at a physical therapy clinic in the weight room. And I just fell in love with it when, when I got around the young athletes that were just, just training for that, that specific goal, just to maybe just get back with the team again, coming off an ACL injury or, um, or, you know, getting, getting a shoulder fix and trying to get back in the game. So I, I love it. And I, I love what I do, man. I love our athletes. I love young people. Um, and just, I just love preparing them for what life has in store for them beyond the game. Absolutely. So uh, quick question for your uh, former teammates, right when you made that switch from Penn State to Ohio State, what, what were those conversations like? Oh, man, I, <laughs> I tell you what. So my first year was in 2016. And that year, we went to Penn State, white out, 100,000 people. Uh, and I think we were ranked, Ohio State was ranked maybe top five. Uh, Penn State was maybe top 10. So you had a top 10 matchup. It was rocking. And that was the first time I had been back since I graduated. And I graduated 2011. So first time back, and I'm like, oh, snap. I mean, as soon as the plane landed, you know, um, like I'm like, oh, it, it all came back to me, man. I'm like, this is it. Oh, I miss it. Miss it. I miss it. And then I'm thinking about all the, the, the places I went to party. I'm thinking about the, the bars and my dorms and all that. Then I look down, I'm like, wait, wait, I'm here for it. It's a business trip. Uh, I'm, I'm Ohio State. I got I to I gotta relax. Uh -huh. Saw old teammates and they were, they, I mean, they were busting my chops, man. And, oh, yeah. Oh, we're we, we, yeah, we going to get y'all today. We're getting y'all today. I'm like, nah, no way, no way. And so, Next thing you know, I mean, it was a tight game. It was a tight game, and we started to pull away a bit, but they blocked our field goal. Took it back to the house, touchdown, the place is rocking. It was as loud as I've ever heard it. And I'm like, and I was confused. I'm like, you know, should I be excited right now, or should I be like, you know, those yeah. those guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Penn State won. And my phone was oh, blowing man. up. Oh, I bet. Former teammates killing me. Folks killing me on Twitter, Instagram. And then I got to come to work the next day for practice and meetings. And uh, we're all, it's all sad in the building. I'm like, wow, like this is confusing. Man. This is oh, confusing. That's, that's a heck of a homecoming there for sure. Hey, you got that right. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk more about your transition from being an athlete to a coach. Um, I know there has to be a lot of challenges and kind of what I see from, you know, young performance coaches that are, that were athletes at the division one level, whatever level it was, a lot of them kind of hang their hat, hang their value on, Hey, just because I'm a, I'm a, I was a former athlete. I was a great athlete myself means I'm going to be a good coach. Kind of unpack some of those things and kind of your thought process through that and on that transition. Cause that's not an easy transition to be able to kind of put your value on, you know, your knowledge, your expertise, all these other things, as opposed to how good you were as an athlete. Yeah. You know, it takes a, a large amount of humility and you have to, to do a self-evaluation really, because sure you have years and years of experience playing the game, but coaching isn't just playing the game. Coaching 
is, is communication. Coaching is teaching, is educating. So if you don't know how to communicate, if you don't know how to meet the, the athlete, meet the client where they are uh, in terms of what they know, in terms of the training age, um, that's a, it's an entirely different realm. I mean, as a coach, you're also a salesperson. Like I'm, I'm studying sales, salesmanship right now and just learning how to get someone to, to buy what you're selling. How do I get this athlete to do what I'm asking to do? Because really, we're selling pain. Like we're selling pain for a larger long-term reward. So when it comes to that transition, you have to be humble enough to say, okay, what do I know now? What do I don't know? And how can I get what's in my brain into this athlete, this client? And so um, it, isn't, it isn't an easy transition, in my opinion. I mean, I had to study educating. I had to study, you know, you know how to learning how to teaching, whole part, whole teaching, uh, fragmented teaching, just how to get someone to understand, you know, the concepts I'm trying to teach and get across to them. Um, and then there's going to be a time where you can't get under the bar and bench 345 like you used to. You can't maybe run the four, four like you used to. I mean, it's nice to say I used to, I did it, but you can't do it now. So nobody cares. Like right now I'm 32 years old. I don't need to show what I used to do in college. I need to be able to show what I know. And how can I get you to understand what I know and then use that knowledge? So that transition is like, you have to be humble enough to, to educate yourself, realize where you, you fall short currently. And then when you realize how much you don't know, acquire that knowledge and add that to the, the, what you learn from playing the game, you could be unstoppable, unstoppable. Because I've seen their coaches here at Ohio State that have never played the game. But these guys are, these guys are so good at communicating, so good at relating to the athletes, relating to the players, that they can, make, they can get this concept across to the guys, and it's, it's smooth as butter. It's like, hey, hey coach, wh- wh- where'd you play? Oh, I didn't. You're like, what? But he developed himself. And, 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 you, and like I said, I see him walking down the hallway every single day, and these guys never play, but they are awesome communicators and awesome teachers. Amazing. What was that interview process like for you? I don't know who you interviewed with. Was it the, the head strength coach at the time or was it the, the head coach? Take me through like that interview process on that. Yeah. Um, so I remember I was, I was at NC State and I was not expecting Ohio State to come around. I, I mean, I wasn't applying for it. I didn't go looking for it. One of my coworkers who was the director of operations at the time he asked me, hey, Ohio State's position open. Are you interested? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, all right, yeah, sure. Put my name in, whatever. And next thing you know, I get a phone call from Mickey Marotti, who's the head strength coach here, 30 plus years as the head strength coach, multiple national championships here in Florida and so on and so forth. And I got a call from the other assistant strength coaches at the time. Um, and then next thing you know, I'm up here in an interview. And that Saturday, they had a full day planned for me. Uh, I'm meeting with different coaches, um, different staff members, just sitting down and just talking. And because and, and, really they're looking for a fit. Who's the right fit for our staff? Who's the right fit for our program, our players? And, you know, what, what type of vibe do you get? And, and you, I mean, they expect you to be competent. They expect mm-hmm. you to be, be knowledgeable. And then based off of that position, um, they can teach you what they want you to know. 
And so when I came in here, I was only coaching for two years. Did not deserve to be here. And, but I, I guess I had something they were looking for. And I was willing to be molded into what they wanted me to be. Um, and so that interview, I mean, from, from the beginning of the day, I had breakfast with a coach. Next thing you know, I'm in the weight room. They had open weight room hours at the time. So I'm watching guys train. I'm watching coaches coach. I'm watching recruiting presentations. I'm, me, I'm shaking hands with Urban Meyer. Um, I, I'm meeting Larry Johnson, a D-line coach. I mean, everybody, athletic directors. And so you're meeting with them 15 minutes. Um, but then the, the, the highlight of the day for me was the training session. So here they got to see how, how you coach, like what, what's a training session like with Quinn Barham? Like, what's it like? So I took our interns or the interns at the time, uh, took them through a workout. I, mean, I had 20 minutes, take them through a warm up, a full workout, maybe a sample in a sense, cause they want to see how you teach, how do you communicate? How do you motivate? How do you inspire? Um, and then how do you close the session? So I thought I did a great job and they did not prepare me for it. I did not know this was coming. Like they told me 20 minutes ahead of time. And you're like, Oh snap. Man, they put you on the spot there. On the spot. So like, so yeah. So yeah. And, I, and you're I only 25, 25, 27 years old. At 25, this time? 25, 26. It's a young man. And you're like trying to figure out, okay, okay, here we go. So thought I did a good job. And then I'm in my suit and tie. So me and my, I'm, I'm sweating. I, I got, I got, I got, I got sweat stains on my underarms and I'm just like, <laughs> but you just got to go and you can't, you can't ask for a change of clothes. No, no. They want to see if, if you can put all that to the side and then make something happen. And so thought I did a good job. And next thing you know, I'm here. Have you ever asked them what they, what they saw in you? How, how would they assess fit when you talk about, was it a good fit? How do you think they assess that? Yeah. Um, I, I think is a combination of relatability, um, communication, the, the aura and the vibe and the presence, um, and just watching the interactions. Like I made sure I talked to players just, Hey, how you like it here? You know, what's your experience like? And people saw that. So every move I made, I was being watched. And I, I later learned that after I left, the coaches, the folks doing the hiring, they asked the same people, hey, how, what'd you think about him? What kind of vibe did you get? Did you learn things from him? What, do you think he'd be a good fit here? Um, based off of, you know, what we require here, we coach with a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. Um, we're very positive here, but we're also challenging and demanding of each other and our athletes. So, and that was the fit. Young, moldable, didn't, didn't really know much, um, but willing to learn. And so I, I was that fit. I didn't come in. I mean, I didn't come in as a know-it-all because I didn't know it all. Um, Cause that can be a turnoff to people. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to be a person that's like, you know, well, I coached at this place and when we were there, we did that. And so I saw that here, we did this. Some people don't want to hear that. So it's important that you maybe keep that, save that for later, save those experiences for later so that you're able to make those impressions. 
Uh, that's great. So what if, you know, your interns ask you, other assistant coaches ask you, or people that actually don't even have relative experience in the field and in, in the team setting per se, what are some, you know, three pieces of advice that you would give somebody, whether, you know, they're on the fence of, Hey, do I go this team set a setting route or do I go in the private sector? Uh, whether you have private sector experience or not, what are three things that you would tell them? Well, you know, maybe I don't know as much about the private sector since I've been in the team setting but I know these three things um, in order for you to be successful or at least be able to get your foot in the door. What are, what are some things that you would say? Well, you know, in the team setting, at least in the collegiate level, to be frank, you work long hours because you're, you're at the mercy of these, the student athlete schedule. So, you know, if our guys have, uh, have class from, you know, 12 to 12 to 5, you got to have workouts in the morning. And, and that's okay. I mean, and if you used to wake up in the morning, that's great. I mean, we have training groups 6.30, 8.30, 10.30. And our freshmen, they come in at 1, and they just got here this week. So you're going to have long days, and then once, you know, once training is over, we meet, talk about what we saw in the training session, look at athletes' numbers and progressions, and, the, and then we discuss the next day's training session. Um, and so that takes time. So you, you may put in, you know, 12, 13 hour days. It could be cut shorter, but then you have meetings, then you have recruiting. So those are all things that come into being in the collegiate setting, um, at least with football. And so you have to get used to those hours. So, you know, we have our interns here and they're here from, they're here at least an hour and a half before we start the first training session. And they're here till the time we leave um, full timers. And we leave around maybe five o'clock, four or five o'clock, maybe sooner uh, if all of our work is done. So you have long hours. It is demanding. Um, and then you're also, you're at the, you, you have to make sure you follow your supervisor's rules, what he or she wants, um, as with any job. But you report to that person, but then that person reports to the head sport coach. Head sport coach reports to the athletic director. So it's a large entity involved. Whereas in the private sector, you may have your own um, performance center and you run the show. You run your own hours. Um, but then the private sector, you got to get your own clientele. Here, our clientele is already brought in, ready to go. And if they don't want to work, then, you know, we, we still have to deal with them because we're still molding young people. Um, but they can also transfer. So it's a give and take. But I think the rewarding part of this job is when you see the progressions week after week or day after day. Or when you see that kid score a touchdown and 110,000 people go crazy. Um, so I, I think, you know, if you want to get into coaching and working with athletes, you should at least intern at this level, go to your local school, local university, and you should try to get in the shadow and learn. And then you may realize, hey, I, I want this. I'm willing to do this. So it's not for everybody, but I think it's also worth a try. Absolutely. So you said you said something earlier about, uh, about being a salesman as a strength coach. And I think a lot of people wouldn't even tie those two things in together because right when we hear salesman, salesperson, whatever, we think of like a used car salesperson, right? And not being a strength coach. And people don't realize like you're a critical role in the recruitment process. And I know just earlier today, we, we spoke uh, right before this that you were kind of hosting some, some potential recruits and their families. Talk us through the process and what your role is when it comes to recruiting new athletes coming into the oh, yeah. into Ohio State. To, yeah, you have to make an impression. So our coaches have done a great job, or at least our recruiting department and our coaches 
did a great job finding these athletes. I mean, we had a kid, we had kids from California today and from Texas visiting with their families, mom, dad, little sister, uh, maybe also a teammate. And so this is their first visit here. So you have to make an impression. You have to sell your program in a matter of five, 10 minutes or whatever time you have allotted to get them to have, get a feel for who you are, who we are and what you're about. So then and there, you got to, I mean, you got to, you have to know your program. You have to know what your program has done for other players um, and be able to put a package, all of that, all of your experiences into that five minutes. And the player, they, they've seen your program from afar. They've looked you all, they looked y'all up. Then, okay, I'm actually here. I'm, I'm, I'm in the room. Okay. What are they about? What's on the walls in there? Are they speaking? Are they, are they living what they're speaking? And so in that moment, as a, as a coach, you're trying to sell the player, but you got to sell the parents. So if you're going to send your kid from North Carolina to Ohio, from Arizona to Ohio, what's going to make you feel safe? What's going to make you feel comfortable enough to, you know, I can lay my head down at night knowing that my son is getting the best training, the best treatment, the best care, the best education um, that he can get. And if they don't get that vibe from you, they're not sending their child there. So there I'm shaking hands. I'm trying to find some, some uh, connect points. So typically, if you got a kid from North Carolina coming, they usually send them to me. And so we're talking North Carolina. That's, that's smart. That's smart. Hey, you're talking, you're talking barbecue. You're talking Bojangles. You're talking mm-hmm. Zaxby's. Um, <laughs> you're talking fishing, whatever it is. And then how can they get that experience here in Columbus? And so it's my job to know that uh, churches where you can get your hair cut, where you can get your hair braided, whatever it is. My job is to know that. So this kid feels like, you know what? This place feels like home. And then they want to, Hey, are you going to be here when I'm going to be here? If you are, then okay, this is good. Next thing you know, the kid likes it. The parents like it. Even, you know, the little sibling. Hey, I like the Ohio State. I like those coaches in the weight room. I like those. You should go there. And it's all part of that experience. Yeah, that's that's big time because you're you're, you're going to be one of the first faces they see when they're on campus when they go. I mean, you're, you're going to be the ones interacting with them initially. So, I mean, your guys' role is just tremendous and and super important. So, kind of on the flip side of that, so we talked about like the recruitment process, but what about the retention process? Um, as far as you know, as far as the transfer portal, you already know it's probably wild and crazy. I'm sure you all have dealt with some some things. Um, what have you noticed about once these, you know, new rules are implemented, NIL, these things, have you noticed a shift in, in the culture of what you all have, or have you all kept a, I, mean, I would assume you guys kept a pretty tight ship even throughout the process, but what were some of the, the challenges and struggles there? Yeah. The NIL, I think that's a great thing. I think it's a great thing for the athletes. I, I we just have to adjust. We just have to adjust. I mean, years ago we were, you know, pushing for athletes to get paid in some respects. And here it is. We just have to regulate it. Um, but I think if you have a culture intact, a strong culture intact, everything else can filter through and, and, and work its way through. I think the problems come when you step away from your principles and your values and who you are as a program. And here, I mean, we believe in, in toughness, attitude, um, high energy. We believe in what we call fight. That's our culture. Another word, fight. Fight to be the best version of yourself every single day. And then we have different pillars underneath that 
Um, but we try to recruit athletes that fall into that same vein of what we're looking for. Um, great parents, great family upbringing, a lot of potential, good kids, high character people. Um, but then you try to get a feel for them in recruiting. You know, if they, if they don't come from some money and you got an NIL opportunity, how will they act? Will you, do they understand that hey, football has to come first or else NIL ain't happening for you? So um, we've had a lot of guys get some great deals. And at Ohio State, you got your starting quarterback getting crazy deals, but then you got your walk-on cornerback getting deals. Something as small as a, a fashion line or an outdoor hunting apparel. Like, everybody can profit in some way because people want to be a part of Ohio State football. So when at least everybody has an opportunity like that, everybody's happy. And when everybody's happy, you, you still it's get that good. effort. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> so, um, and, and then even the guys that make those, that make that have those big deals, you want to make sure, like, the coach's job is to make sure, like, dude, your work ethic it only has to grow. It cannot decrease. How you approach the game has to increase now because you got to prove that you're worth that deal. So it hasn't, it hasn't hurt us at all. I think it's only helped us. Um, and we want to make sure we, we keep our culture intact of who we are because if not, it's easy to get lost. Absolutely. Good answer there. Um, just by talking to you the other day when we talked on the phone and you're someone that, that when I just kind of think of our conversation, I think about legacy. And I know for, you know, your family, your, I mean, how, how old's your, your baby? Five months. Five months. So I, I know Five we're, months. I know you, you're the type that wants to create legacy, right? For your family and, and your future. What are three things that you would want people to remember you as a coach by? Um, whether it's fellow assistant coaches, a head coach, your interns, former players, what are three things that you want to be, you want your legacy to be? Number one, he was a reflection of God. And I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. I love God. I love scripture. I, I love Jesus. And every day, my favorite scripture is Ephesians chapter five, verse one. Imitate God because you are his children. And so if you learn about the character of God, he's a provider, he's a protector, he, 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 he's a, he loves you, he's faithful, um, he's, he's a stronghold, he's a, he's a fortress, he's so many special things. He's a creator, he's fruitful, he's a multiplier. That's what I want to be. So that's number one. So uh, he's an educator, he's a disciplinarian. I mean, you, it's a long list of what God is. And so I try to reflect that every single day. Um, number two, my family means a lot to me. My last name, the name Barum, means a lot to me. And so I want to make sure I represent my family well. I want my daughter to, to maybe look at, at, at this interview interaction and, or listen to it and be like, you know, I'm proud of my dad. My wife to be proud of the husband and the man that she married. My mom and father and my sister be be proud of me and what I've what I've done and accomplished in my lifetime. So um, impressing just my family and making sure that that I represented them well. My grandfather is one of my role models. He passed away uh, two years ago. Um, just 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 making folks like that proud and and just representing them well. And then thirdly, man, like I want to make sure that you know I'm remembered. So when my time at Ohio State is up, 
I want to make sure that these kids or the guys I work with, they remember things that I said. They remember the lessons that I imparted into them, whether it's how I said it or what I said or the way, or just the way I said it. Um, because those things, they stick with them. So you have to create experiences and memories for people. So that's what I want to do, man. And, you know, imitate God, make him proud, make my parents and my family proud. My, and, 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 and then just, just make sure that I leave something that the athletes I work with to hold on to. No doubt, man. I have no doubt that you'll be able to do that for sure. Uh, last thing, man, any final advice you'd have for young strength coaches just in general, it could be, it couldn't even be about X's and O's. It could be just about anything. Um, any final words, man, before I let you go? Yeah. Um, it's easy right now to get caught up in social media. Like I'm, I'm a guy I'm, I'm on social media. I, I, I believe you can learn from anything and everybody in anybody. Um, but also you can get clouded and confused by that. And so you can learn so much from Instagram and Twitter, follow the right people, but then it's easy to get, it's easy to get distracted. So when it comes to social media, you have to have guiding principles in your life. Mm-hmm. What are some things you stand for? What are some things you believe in? And what are some things you, you won't tolerate? Um, I don't like foolishness. I don't like silliness. Now, I like a small dose of it because it's kind of an outlet, you know? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. But, but, but I'm not going to be following hundreds of silly, stupid accounts. Um, and even along through strength and conditioning, like you have to be, you, you have to be uh, a principle-based coach. What are some things you believe in? What's something you hang your hat on? What, what are proven by science? And then if it doesn't, you know, fil- filter what you've seen through that. You know, if, if you're not a speed ladders person, if, if you're not, if you don't like sand training, if you don't believe in, in, in velocity-based training, whatever, filter it through your principles. And then you can decide whether you want to use those things or not. So have principles before, you know, you make decisions. Um, another thing is always have a plan. Always have a plan. Don't go into any endeavor not having a plan. Now you can't go, you can't plan it, you know, from A to Z, one, two, three, but if you have at least a guideline of where you want to go and what you hope the outcome to be, then there's less distractions for you. Um, and number two, along with that is, you know, ignore the distractions. You know, I, I talked about the social media thing, you know, where, and whatever, whenever you're trying to pursue something worthwhile, you're going to have distractions. People don't want to take you away from what you're doing because they see you doing something good. Um, you may have your own yourself be a distraction. You know, I'm, I'm doing well at this university or in this program and in this role, you start feeling yourself and you kind of forget where you came from. So make sure you ignore mm-hmm. the distractions that could take you from that. And then lastly, keep your head down and work. So when you get into that, that field, when you get into that, that internship or that job, just grind, cut out everything else. Cause now you're here, you're here now you did all this work to get here. Now learn everything it is about that company, about that organization, knowing from A to Z, because then that's how you add value. Like today, if I had to give a recruiting presentation because Coach Marathi was out of town, can I do it? I have confidence in myself that I could. I know I could. I've, I've done it before when he's been out of town. But I got to know my program. I got to know Ohio State. I don't need to know uh, um, Montana State. I don't need to know what ex coaches doing wherever I do know Ohio state so I can sell that program and be a great representative of that program. So in order distractions, 
keep your head down and work um, and always have a plan. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for that. Uh, for people who may have questions for you, uh, I know you're busy and uh, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Um, it's Quinn Barham, at Quinn Barham, Q-U-I-N-N-B-A-R-H-A-M. Um, I'm, I'm wide open on those things. Please hit me up, DM me, um, and we, we can just talk. I love learning. So I believe, like I said, I believe I can learn from anybody. I appreciate you for reaching out to me. Of course. Um, I've, I've seen your profile. I've seen your, your podcast. I've learned from your guests. I've learned from your stuff. So, and you never know what could come out of it. Like you never know. I mean, Absolutely. you and I just now, like mm -hmm. here we are talking and, yep. and we'll probably end up talking again and, and sharing ideas. So let's make sure we stay in touch um, and reach out to these coaches, contact these people because coaches want to help the next generation of coaches. We want to help each other. Nobody's going to, we're not sitting here at Ohio state. Like oh, we don't want to talk to anybody. Like our doors are wide open. If you want to come visit, obviously, you know, with the right time and scheduling, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but come through and visit. So once again, at Quinn Barham on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and then we can set some up from there. Please, please do it. Please reach out. Man, thank you so much, Coach. I appreciate you, man. Uh, we'll be in touch for sure. Uh, thanks again, dude. I appreciate, appreciate you, your Jared. time, man. Thanks, man.